name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Today's gospel provides a meditation on prayer. Jesus told the parable, directed the parable to, quote, some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. The Pharisee in the parable illustrates self-righteousness. The key words in his prayer are, he prayed thus within himself. His prayer is not a conversation with God. He is talking, but he is not listening. And he prays a comparative prayer. He thanks God that he is not like other ungodly men. And then he lists the various religious disciplines that define his righteousness. He says, in essence, I am righteous because I am better than other notorious sinners and because I meticulously practice my religion. The publican or tax collector does not pray merely within himself. He has come to the temple to present himself before God. And his is also a comparative prayer, but his standard of comparison is God's holiness. And God's holiness humbles him makes him aware of his sin, and leads him to ask for mercy. And Jesus tells us that he goes home with the verdict of righteous rather than the other man. St. Paul's life provides an illustration of both of the characters in the parable. Before his conversion, St. Paul was a Pharisee. He could have been the guy standing there uttering a prayer sort of like that. In Philippians 2, he describes the standard of righteousness as a Pharisee. He says that he was, quote, as to the righteousness that is under the law, blameless. But then St. Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. This is recorded in Acts chapter 9. And seeing Jesus made Paul look at himself differently, as he writes in today's epistle, quote, Last of all, Christ was seen by me as by one born out of due time, for I am the least of all the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. As a Pharisee, he had a certain pride in his righteousness, but seeing Jesus gave him a humility. Meeting Jesus changed St. Paul's prayer. He no longer saw himself as righteous because of his lineage and religious behavior and zeal. He saw himself as righteous only because of his union with Christ and his relationship with Christ. In Philippians, he writes of his desire, quote, to be found in Christ not having my own righteousness, which is based on the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is from God through faith. We can see our own prayer in both of the gospel characters. We have a tendency at time to digress into the prayer of the Pharisee. We compare ourselves with others and feel just a little bit superior. We may not actually say, God, I thank you that I'm not like them. However, our comparative self-satisfaction and superiority 
can permeate our, our attitude and even our prayer. Sometimes, however, we compare ourselves with others and feel inferior. Inferiority permeates our attitude and our prayer. This looks more like the acceptable prayer of the tax collector. It is a kind of humility. However, it is a false humility because it is also based on comparison. Feelings of superiority and feelings of inferiority are both manifestations of the sin of pride, for both are rooted in our comparison, comparing ourselves to someone else, to some other standard of finding ourselves to be better or worse. The devil always wants us to compare ourselves to others. This will lead us either to feelings of how great we are in comparison or to feelings of how bad we are, worthless we are in comparison. And the devil can, yet, can use either one to draw us away from God. And both miss the point of grace. God does not care how you compare to someone else. God cares about the unique person he made you to be. He wants you to experience grace in the unique way that will help you conquer your unique challenges and overcome your unique sins. He wants you to use the unique gifts he gave you to serve others. The antidote to pride in our prayer is to see Jesus, to know him, so that our prayer becomes a response to the person of Christ as we have come to know him and not merely uh, talking thus within ourselves. The primary way we come to know and see Jesus is through the Bible. And this is why Bible reading and Bible meditation is central to a vibrant life of prayer. Brother John Charles, who used to come to a school of prayer for us every year, would say that Bible reading is the fuel of prayer. When we read the Bible regularly as a spiritual discipline, our prayer becomes our response to the Jesus who is revealed to us in that scriptural encounter, to the authentic person of Christ. Our prayer is a response, not just talking thus within ourselves. Each member of the body of Christ is also a mediator of Christ's presence to others. As we treat each other in Christ-like ways and use our gifts in service to each other, we experience the presence of Christ through the members of his body. The behavior of the members of the body of Christ incarnates the gospel if, indeed, their behavior is the fruit of their Bible reading and their prayer. This highlights the importance of prayer and Bible reading as spiritual disciplines for the whole church. If each of us is going to represent Christ to others so that others can know him truly, each of us also must know Christ. People often fail to see Jesus in the church 
because they do not see him in the members of his body. There are many false ideas about what Christian faith is, or what God thinks of us or wants from us. And these false ideas flourish wherever Christians do not read the Bible and do not pray. This is why our liturgy consists of word and sacrament. Jesus is first revealed to us in the reading of Scripture, in our lessons, in Bible reading, in Bible preaching. Then we approach and receive Christ in the sacrament, and he is known to us in the breaking of the bread. As someone once said, if we do not know the Jesus of the Bible, we meet a stranger in the Eucharist. And this is an ongoing reality. We have to not just know him in a general way in terms of facts about him. We need to know what he's saying to us right now. There needs to be a relationship with him in the present moment for our encounter with him at the altar to be an authentic encounter with Christ. The key is to know Jesus and to pray in conversation with him. If we keep our eyes on Jesus instead of comparing ourselves to others, we will learn genuine humility rather than false humility. God will reveal to each of us what he wants each of us to know. God will do his unique work in each of our lives. We will come to the altar of God to see Jesus and meet Jesus. We will ask him for mercy. We will leave the altar as recipients of God's grace and favor to do the good works that God has prepared for each of us to walk in. As Jesus said, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.